Kayla Constant, and you're listening to Iron White Sheet. Sharpening Sessions. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A Sharpening Session. This time, I have Kayla Constant. She is a blogger, a mother, a wife a dancer, you name it. I've known Kayla pretty much my entire life since like sixth grade. And so I am so thrilled to have you on the show, Kayla. How are you? I'm good. Super excited. Honored that you asked. First off, we can start there. (laughs) Girl, your blog is amazing. And so of course, when I first read your very first post and the fact that you even told me you were going to blog, I was extremely excited. And the Lord was just like, you need to highlight writers and literally it was like your blog where it was like the Lord was like you need to highlight writers and when he gave me the issue for March and said it was going to be the written word I was like oh my gosh I should he was like highlight writers I was like okay I'm gonna do it (laughs) Kayla's gonna be the first one (laughs) (laughs) it's funny I never like saw myself as a writer when I was like growing up I would be like you know what yes I can write I'm good at this I was like English was pretty much the only class I was actually good at and now to hear myself described as a writer is like, okay. Yeah. We're doing things. Go ahead and add it to the repertoire. (laughs) (laughs) So Kayla, you have a blog and it was self-named, but the actual blog itself, you named it, make it happen. Tell me about your blog. Okay. So long story short, I went to a school called the Ailey School in New York straight after high school. Um, you mean like the, Alvin Ailey? Yes. It's Ooh, an Alvin sure. Ailey American Dance Theater. Um, it was like my dream school. And I applied for different colleges, but as soon as I went to the audition, they told me I was in. I said, oh, I got to go. So <laughs> I went straight there. And one of the advisors, um, my third year, he would, oh, it was Mr. Freddie Moore, and he would always say, make it happen. So whenever we got to some type of challenging step or something, mm-hmm. or combination we could not get, or a piece that we were feeling like we were about to die at the end of, make it happen. Either way, that was always his response. So when I was thinking about the name of the blog, it was just like, I wanted to make it like an open book for anybody who might come in, specifically women, whether they be mothers or daughters or sisters or just friends um Mm -hmm. no matter what walk of life and no matter what they're going through just know that they can make it happen that is awesome I never I would have never known the story of behind why you chose to name it make it happen and so the fact that you know your instructor encouraged you in that that is such a key thing to carry like throughout your entire life just make it happen yeah, it was like of all the things that I would learn at Alvin Ailey, it's like make it happen. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a phrase that stuck with me. What led you to start a blog? I used to like carry a lot of journals. So starting in eighth grade, I journaled like crazy from my eighth grade, actually all through my Ailey days after high school, and maybe a year after I graduated Ailey. So altogether, it was about like nine years or so. And I don't know, it was like, it was like my safe space. And then long story short, somebody read my journal and it did not feel like home anymore. I was like, it, it felt like I got evicted from my own home. <laughs> so I was just like, I can't do that. I kept trying to write in my journal and it would not happen. So that scratched out. I was like, okay. And then I actually just started writing again when I was thinking about making a blog. 
Um, but before I jumped into the blog world, I kind of just started posting things on Facebook. So mm-hmm. little things that I would notice um, or like different lessons I'd learn if I had like some type of description that I hadn't heard before, but I was like, hmm, maybe this could help somebody else that I throw it on Facebook. And I wouldn't really do it for a response. I would mostly do it for like that one person that's mm-hmm. out there like me. I'm just like, somebody might need to hear this because maybe I needed to hear this before. And if I had, I wouldn't go through this and the other. Mm-hmm. So I started posting on Facebook and actually some of my posts got some good responses. I mean, I'm not talking like, you know, it went viral, but for my, you know, for my community of friends, like a lot of people were able to relate to it. So that made me think, okay, well, if I start a blog and I start really talking about the things that I've learned, that I'm learning are like common things for people. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like my perspective could help somebody. So my blog is still for that one person. I just don't know how many one persons they might need to come across it, but Yes. Well, you, first off, your Facebook posts, you were definitely preaching and I am part of the choir. So uh, I was praising along right, right along with you. You were definitely preaching, but it's so cool to hear how, how the Lord has led you to this point. Like that is extremely exciting. And the fact that I knew you in eighth grade and through all these years and I had no idea you journaled and here I am in my house writing my little diary thinking that I'm alone like it's just awesome how the Lord connects us yeah ways yeah when we don't exactly know yeah you mentioned how someone reading your journal felt like you were getting evicted and I think that is so huge and so now that you've started writing again, how has writing your blog helped you in your walk of faith? It's helped me a lot. The funny thing is, I think it's because of the detail I have to put into everything now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of grounds me and sends me back to the basics of why I believe what I believe. Because my first thought, well, one of my first thoughts while writing any blog post is like, okay, what if somebody doesn't know Jesus? Mm-hmm. What if the words I say are the first interaction they have with someone who believes in him and someone who's just living as a genuine individual, not trying to be all upright and holy and all that and other. I'm just trying to come across as somebody personable. I'm trying to be as genuine and as open as I can. And... Yeah, so with the thought of the person who might not know Jesus um, coming across my blog, I want to be careful with the words that I put on there because anyone can go up to what you said. Five people can read the exact same thing and take different meanings from it. And by the time you get to that fifth person, they've completely twisted it. And it's like not even what you meant. So in that sense... I've learned to be very detailed in how I come across. And that's helped me to actually go back and double check and make sure I know what I'm talking about and make sure it's actually coming from the Holy Spirit and it's not me just trying to preach on the internet, trying to get Mm -hmm. thousands of followers. Like, that's not the purpose of it. So, yeah, it's it's mainly made me hone into why I believe what I believe and making it a clear thought without trying to, you know, get all preachy and stuff, because 
I found that it kind of turns people away and that's not what I'm here to do. <laughs> I definitely understand what you mean. And so for those people who are new to Christ yeah. or are new to Jesus, um, I feel like just giving it, giving them his word is the easiest <laughs> thing you can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's, it's so strange. Cause like, I'll, you can like go just about anywhere and you'll hear a phrase from the Bible and people won't know it's from the Bible. That's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. And growing up, like I grew up basically in church my entire life. And so <laughs> back in the church I grew up with, it grew up in, everything was King James version. So it's all thus thy thine shall, mm-hmm. all that. <laughs> it is a holy book. I believe everything in there is spirit filled and there for a purpose. But I very much appreciate the versions I've come across later in life, like the message translation or just things that make it more relatable and make it more of like, okay, wait a minute. This is actually an entire book of things I can actually relate to. Mm So, yeah. No, I completely understand what you mean. Completely. Like I definitely relate more to the NLT version than mm-hmm. King James version, just because yeah. it's something that I can understand, you know, yeah. sometimes thou and shout and knowest <laughs> the, sometimes I just don't understand it. And so it's yeah, nice exactly. to find a version of the word of God that I can understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's why even like, like this last blog post I put, I put, actually my my favorite bible scripture it's been my favorite for a couple years now um it was romans 8 22 and 25 um and i put it in a message translation just in case for that one person who might not know mm-hmm. they'll read that passage and then realize at the end like hold on that's actually a bible verse you know so it's just like it doesn't turn them off as soon as they see okay so for you how has the blog pretty much deepened your journey hmm that's a good question (laughs) because it really has that's the thing for one thing it's made me more accountable um first to keep up with it that is like a big thing I don't post a lot Mm -hmm. on Instagram nowadays as far, as far as like my goals and aspirations, because when you post that, you need to actually live up to that. People yeah. are waiting. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? And that's probably what delayed the blog so long is because once I started, I knew I had to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. But um, now it's just finding, okay, what do I write about and what will come across the best? And for me to come up with topics that actually reach people and have the effect that they should, you know, giving the Holy Spirit, putting his hands on it, I have to actually tune in with him. And that might take more than, you know, a few minutes a day. That might take just a, a solid moment of getting away from everybody, finding time when the baby is asleep, <laughs> and just listening in. And even if I don't hear anything, just finding that peace with him and letting something be inspired from that. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. <laughs> like, huh? Yeah, that was good. But that was yes. it. <laughs> it was. That was definitely it. So I know as a creative and as a writer, as a blogger, as 
an artist as anything, it's so hard to stay consistent. And yeah. so I want to know what motivates you. To stay consistent with like the blog? To stay consistent with the blog, to get up every morning, to <laughs> do everything that the Lord has called you to do. What is your motivation? I was just recently actually reminded of why I have to get up in the morning and why every step that I take is important because that's so ironic that you asked me that. I was literally just thinking of this, but of course, you know, I have my husband who deserves love. I have my child who deserves love and deserves everything I've got. Um, but there's also people, I was actually listening to a track. Um, there's this church called Elevation Church. I love Elevation Church. and Stephen Furtick. I love them. I've been listening to yes. them like literally for the past months. And yes. I've <laughs> been listening to Stephen Furtick on my lunch break faithfully for like the past two weeks. Every Sunday, I'm tuned in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's one track on one of their albums. And I'm so sorry for not knowing the name, but it's literally just um, Stephen Furtick talking about the move of God and we have to make that move. And there's a part in there where he goes into there's lives that have to be changed. There's hearts that have to be healed. The hearts that have to be healed thing is a big thing. And I don't know why it stuck out to me so much. Um, because, I mean, just like everybody else, I've dealt with heartbreak, too. And, but be, it's really because I had God, you know, mm -hmm. that I was able to make it through that part. And so it's just like knowing that um, there are lives that have to be changed. And there's hearts that have to be healed. And there's people that have to be reached because they don't know how good they can have it yet. That, that's a lot of motivation right there for me. And so that's like a lot of motivation to stay consistent with the blog, to stay consistent with even waking up in the morning, though it is hard because I just go to sleep at 2 o'clock a.m. Because even like now, my job's not asleep. It's just like little <laughs> things like that. But um, yeah, granted, sometimes I forget, but I'm still praying that, you know, God reminds me and shows me things to keep it fresh in my mind so that I don't grow to be um, like insensitive towards it yes well you know what i love that and actually we are gonna take a quick break and allow the people to listen to that song awesome. so you know what kayla we'll be right back <laughs> awesome. we're moving we're moving we're we're moving we're we're moving from defeat to victory tonight. Somebody's crossing over from shame to grace tonight. Somebody's moving from fear to faith tonight. Jump up on your feet. Somebody's moving from sorrow to joy tonight. From bondage to freedom, 
We got a God to serve. We got a gospel to preach. We got broken hearts to buy. We've got hurting people to heal. Come on, move, church. Move. We're not waiting on the move of God. We are a move of God. Come on and shout. still move how many believe God still reigns our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name your kingdom come your will be done here and now So you have just heard Evidence by Elevation Worship. Um, Stephen Furtick is the pastor of that. And that is the song that Kayla's talking about. So thank you so much, Kayla, for sharing this with us. Of course. The whole album is amazing. So go right on ahead. It's called There is a Cloud. <laughs> yes. And I've literally been listening to that album on repeat for about four months now. Or whenever it came out. Can't tell you when, but it's great. Well, there is a cloud. So make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before the break, you were telling us about what motivates you, um, where you were first introduced to Christ, you know, being your church, how you started the blog, why you chose to make it happen. And so I just want to dive a little bit into your blog. Uh, your blog focuses on marriage, motherhood and life. So tell us a little bit about your family. Um, growing up. I had basically a perfect little family, <laughs> I would call it. It's, we 
didn't struggle too much any struggle we had we didn't know about it because we were kids and so our parents have handled everything um I was pretty much what a lot of people would call spoiled but I always had this mentality of like one day they're not going to help me anymore so for whatever reason my work ethic started super early um my mom was always like the kind of mom who's like you don't have to worry about it like we got you and for whatever reason I don't know why I don't know where it came from but I was like no it's fine I got it on my own like (laughs) I could have I could have (laughs) I could have gone crazy I could have just asked for everything but they disciplined me well and I grew up with respect which I appreciate and I, I had a very nice upbringing. Um, I can't complain about anything. It was interesting um, only because, well, I mean, it was interesting for many parts. My family's crazy. They met in theater. My parents did. So that's about as crazy as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, um, they are a biracial couple. So my dad's actually white and my mom's black. And I've loved it ever since I was born. I didn't think anything, you know, higher of it. I was just Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's cool. I get to be, you know, both. That's fun. And it didn't really hit me that it was a thing until like middle school where every Black History Month, all of a sudden, my dad was the one who put everybody in slavery and everybody was yelling at me because the white man did this. And I get it. I hear them out. I get it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to release the frustration. I get it. But being that target <laughs> every February since I was born, it was just like, oh, okay, I get it, guys. But it, it wasn't him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it was just one of those things. It was fine. Everybody grows up, grows out of it. Um, and growing up, we never really faced any type of, I guess, like prejudice actions towards us. If anything, people might just treat us funny depending on which store or which parent we went to the grocery store with. But we didn't really notice it too much until we, like, got older. Um, we never talked about race in our house. We, Me and my sister actually didn't talk about anything until about two, three years ago. Hmm. Where, like, we were adults. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, you know, this crazy thing happened to me, too. Yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> like, all these type of little things. Because, like, in my head, it, it's, like, it's, uh, it's valid. And I mm-hmm. get it. And um, I'm not saying being biracial is hard because it's not like I've heard people say it's an identity crisis and I didn't really experience that mm-hmm. most because it just wasn't made a big, a big deal to me. And if anything, I was interested mm-hmm. in like, oh, okay, what parts of me is like from where, but I feel like anybody can find that beauty with wherever they're from. Like, and a lot of times I think, you know, yeah, it just goes on and on, but <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. No, I understand. And I, <laughs> first off, I love your parents. <laughs> those are my those are my peeps. But and yeah, those are my peeps as well. So <laughs> hey, uh, but, oh, yeah, but they like they definitely like grew me up well, and my mom did a great job of showing me how to be a wife and how to love my children. My dad showed had was a great example to me to know what I should look for in a man um just as far as his leadership and everything it's kind of tough growing up in this day and age when everybody's just like you don't need a man and I get it and (laughs) and don't you don't have to um 
Like, you don't have to wait on your man. You don't have to do this for him. You're your own woman. I hear you, but Mm -hmm. because I expect my husband to be the head of the household, there are things I'm going to submit to to make sure he's good. I know. That's a big word that a lot of people do not like, but honestly, I feel like it's necessary, and a lot of people might disagree with me and that's okay I hear it I'm here for all sides but as for my side (laughs) I feel like I want my husband to lead our family and I want to make sure he's good so anything I can do to make his life better that's what I'm here to do because yes he leads (laughs) I don't know where my mom got this from but she said yeah my husband's the head of the house but I'm the next (laughs) like it's it's still going because of me and she's absolutely right like it's a partnership so yeah I'm super grateful that I was able to come up with a household that showed me that and now I get to implement it in my family and we get to show our little Maxime how to be a strong man and how to care for a woman and just that's yeah that's like the new the new family of mine, it's my husband and my child. And it's like a new concept because, of course, when you ask me my family, I went to my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's definitely important to know the backstory because, yeah. of course, that's going to shape how you are married and yeah, how you exactly. view your marriage and how you are a mother. Yeah. So, no, I completely understand. <laughs> and how would you say marriage has changed you? Uh, i'm sorry kayla that hug was felt in every single wide heart and soul right there that huh i get it girl you know it really it stretched me it did um the funny thing is i did not know my husband for very long before we got married and that's always an interesting story Mm -hmm. It was like literally four months in between every like big old stepping stone for us. We met in March. We were friends for quite a while. Not that long of a while, but we were friends. And by that August, he was like, you'll be my girlfriend. I was like, you know what? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I kind of really like you. And I didn't tell him all this, but after I said, yeah, okay. Then in my head, I was just like, you know what? You're actually a very quality young man. And I was able to say he was a young man, which I appreciated. And he was what I was looking for. But I wasn't sure that I was what he was looking for. Because a part of me was so, I don't know why, but it was so eager to try to impress him. Mm. And that actually made a couple of things like harder later on. And so that's why I don't know. Anytime I hear some girl is engaged, I was like, all right, girl, be yourself. <laughs> like, show him all of you right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I should, like, I hid away big things or little things. I didn't necessarily hide anything away. I was just always putting my best self forward, which in a way is great because even waking up every day, I don't want to. Yes, I love him with everything I've got. But he get on my nerves. And there are days where I have to push a little harder. I, I know I get on his nerves too. But there are days you have to push a little harder and put your best foot forward. So in a way, I can twist that and <laughs> say it helps. 
but um yeah we started dating that august by december we were engaged that was shocks the world and me and (laughs) (laughs) i remember because she was like listen when god puts something together (laughs) it's gonna move quick (laughs) it's gonna move quick i was like okay and I was, I was so disagreeing with you until it happened because I was like, no, because I need, I need some years. <laughs> I need to see he could be crazy and all this type of stuff. But you were absolutely right. That was, that was wild to me. But yeah, and then we got married four years after I, or four months after our engagement. So that was a very quick timeline. I've never done anything in my life that fast, but I just knew I did not want to spend any more time without him. I wanted him with Amen. me forever. I did not want that man to go anywhere. I was like, you are it. And <laughs> of course I was trying to play it cool because I didn't want to look that. I was like, Tuh, please, yeah, you yeah, want yeah. me. This is why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> but really it was just like, I was just, I was in love with him. Mm-hmm. And it happened so fast. And so I had to keep backtracking. I'm like, hold on. Hold on, am I sure? Like, do I, I, one thing, I was just telling somebody earlier. Um, one thing I noticed, it was like, you know how you meet people and mm-hmm. they kind of grow you a little bit yeah. and they kind of were only supposed to be there for a season. And so yeah. it's just like, you know what? I had to make sure that he wasn't supposed to be a seasonal friend. Yeah. And that, that was, uh, it wasn't a tough decision, but because my heart was so far into it already, because I don't know why I analyzed things so much. I wasn't always like this. I used to just dream out of control and just be super <laughs> almost unrealistic with things. Now I just call it faith. But um, before I was just like, okay, wait, I had to make sure. I was like, is he supposed to be a seasonal friend? I was like, I don't want to, for whatever reason, I kept thinking, I don't want to stop somebody else's blessing because if he's not for me, that means I'm taking away from somebody else. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. I don't know why I thought like that. <laughs> you would think, you know, it was me. I'm like, I don't know if you're one for me, but I was like, I don't want to take you away from somebody else. Cause he's an amazing man. I am an amazing woman, but he's also an amazing <laughs> man. I didn't want to stop anybody's blessing, mm-hmm. but after thinking about it and putting all my pieces together, I was like, you know what? He's going to be the only piece that fits the rest of this. So I was greedy and I took him. <laughs> well, he was corny. We are. So <laughs> yes, he definitely did his part, but that was definitely my side of the story. But he, he definitely made, he made me more confident. And I didn't think that was a thing. I thought I was pretty confident to begin with until I was stepped in a room of people I did not know. And all I wanted to do was be on my phone and like not talk to people because what am I supposed to say to you? I don't do small talk. I don't do long talk. I don't do any talk. <laughs> and look at not you talking. Me. Look at you talking now. <laughs> it's terrible. I can't stop now. But he's taught me so much. And that's one thing I really appreciate is that being married to him has like just it keeps teaching me new things about myself, about how to function in the world, about him. I'm just grateful that I'm in a relationship where I can consistently grow and learn new things. I think that's really important. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and so you and your husband just welcomed your first child, Maxim. Yes. My little Maxime Emmanuel. 
How does it feel to be a mom? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is just a whirlwind of emotion. I'm kidding. Let me just point out that who was another one felt by all the mothers in the world. (laughs) Because, you know, sometimes that's all you you got. (laughs) But he's my best little friend. I love him so much. And... You know, when you read stories about um, people being in the hospital and holding their newborn for the first time, they're so in love. Mm -hmm. It took me a minute because (laughs) I've been carrying this child for about eight or so months. And, you know, you picture what he's going to look like and everything. And I'm not saying my baby's funny looking at all. That's not where I'm going with this. Your baby's adorable. You picture what he looks. You picture what he looks like, and you have this whole idea of how he's going to act. Um, but I couldn't be certain about anything, and so within all my uncertainty, I was like, "This is where prayer needs to kick in." Mm-hmm. So I started asking God for all the specifics. One thing I really love is sleep, and the first thing any mother would tell you is, "Oh, kiss it goodbye." But, you know, I don't like that attitude. I'm mm-hmm. not here for it. I like to sleep. And the Lord I love is not going to take that away from me. <laughs> so I would hope. So I started praying that I would have a baby who loves to sleep, a baby who likes to eat, and who is patient with me and only cries when he needs something. It sounds kind of outrageous saying that He's coming into the world not knowing things and that I'll have to teach him everything and that everything is not going to be at the drop of a dime. But my prayers worked. And I would just like to put God on, you know, on full blast for that. Because, yes. you know, he, I wasn't, I didn't really know what it was going to be like to lose sleep. But I didn't really have to experience that. And a lot of new mothers are going to hate me. And so many mothers have told me not to tell people this. But I think it's a good testament to how God will even answer those crazy looking, those crazy sounding prayers. Yes. So I, I pray for a baby who likes to sleep and I can literally put him down and he'll be asleep all night. And it didn't, it didn't happen the entire time, like the time, entire time he was a newborn. He might have woken up like twice a night every once in a while. But for the most part, I got a baby who loves to sleep. That boy can eat everything. I give him the whole thing <laughs> twice as much. <laughs> and so I got my baby who likes to eat. So I won't be the only greedy person in my family. Uh, and I, <laughs> I was other thing. Oh, he doesn't even cry that much. Like I got so blessed with my first one. And of course, a lot of people who are mothers are going to be like, yeah, well, don't hold your breath for the second one. But again, I'm not with that mindset. I am not the type of person who's going to listen to that. So we're going to move it along. Hopefully I can wait three years for the next one. But I'll be praying all the same. But my Max, I love him so much. And he makes me so happy to be a mom. Like, that's like, it's weird to say that I'm a mom. I don't know why. I think maybe it's just because it's new. And I still feel like I'm so young. But that little guy is my everything. Yes. And it's so crazy how you literally see how important prayer is and how you got to be specific about the prayers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because let me tell you, like I went into doctor's offices for his checkups and there'll be a crying baby next door to us. 
Mm-hmm. I kid you not, this kid sounded like a wild cat, <laughs> like screaming. I was like, wow. Immediately, I just started praying for the parents. I was like, listen, I don't know what your sleep is going to be like at oh. the end of the night, but God, please let them be able to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> it's little stuff like that. And I just feel like, I don't know if that prayer went through or not. I don't know what how they slept last night, but I like to think that in some way, when it's necessary, my prayers will go to effect for other people too. Yes. How do you think motive has changed you? <laughs> well, if you think you're a patient person, wait till you have a child. Because oh. I thought I was a patient person. I prayed a patient person. And, you know, I was relatively given that my husband's a little crazy and everybody always told me, oh, girl, you patient because he would be getting on my nerves and all this and the other. But no, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was not patient. That's not what patient is. <laughs> um, a lot that has helped me within motherhood and grown me like outside of it is seeing Christ in him because I, I never verbally prayed like, Ooh, Lord, I want a baby because I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't ready, but I, well, I thought I wasn't ready. I'll correct that. Um, but deep in my heart, I was like, I know I want a child one day. Um, so I've got, of course, God did his thing and gave me one, but typically, or technically he was the answer to my prayer, my unspoken prayer. And so with that, even on the tough nights at 2 a.m. where I've been rocking this child to sleep, I gave him eight milk bottles. and I don't know why he won't go to sleep. And at that point, he doesn't look like my son anymore. He looks like some kid who is getting on my nerves. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but in, it's like moments like those where I, I have to remember like, okay, bring it in. First off, he's the answer to your prayer. You've prayed for this. You might not have known it, but your heart wanted this. Also, God is in him. So seeing God in Max at those God-forsaken hours of the night has even helped me in my day-to-day life where I come in contact with people who we might not get along very well, or they might say something that really offends me, or just anything really because this world is crazy. So just being able to see Christ in them, even if they don't know he's inside of there Mm -hmm. is a big thing that motherhood has actually taught me. It's a wild ride, but it comes with its perks. (laughs) That's amazing. Of knowledge. That's all right. Pour your wisdom into me because when the kids start coming, I'm going to be calling you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So many people are pregnant. I'm not wishing on this on you. I'm just saying a lot of people are pregnant and I keep getting phone calls. I'm like, y'all, I don't have all the answers. (laughs) Well, you got about three years for me (laughs) because I'm praying for twins and I'm definitely not ready for that one. Yeah, we gonna, I'm going to pray alongside you for three years in between. I got you. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I can get my baby feels whenever I come to visit. There we go. There we go. You can get your <laughs> nice little fix. Like, all right, that's long enough. So we have talked about marriage. We've talked about motherhood. The last aspect in your blog is life. And so how does your blog tie everything together in one beautiful bow 
regarding what you're trying to make happen? It basically just ties it all together. So there might be blog posts about um, like basically like motherhood. So anybody like who's a mom who might want to, I don't know, read up on something that might actually help. It could be found there or the, um, the post about the uh, post section about marriage. If somebody's a new wife or been in it for a while and just needs some refreshing or whatever they may be looking for, you can find it there for life. It's just a collection of my biggest lessons. Mm. And so the things that probably blessed me the most, and I would hope in turn blesses someone else. Cause the whole point of this blog is just to help people. I just want to help. And yeah. I, I've spent a long time um, in different churches growing up, just trying to figure out how can I help? Like, okay, yes, I hear you, but where can I actually fit in here to help somebody? And so with this, I just feel like it's my playground and I can, I don't want to say I write the rules because it's not about me. <laughs> like, yes, my name is on it, but I feel like every word I get is from God. And so he writes the rules and I just get to live free in it. Yes. And Hopefully people find freedom within it. They find some type of peace in their mind, in their spirits, you know, all the good stuff that, because I've, I've, I don't know, I just feel like God's got so much for us. He has so much for us. And there's just so many people who don't know yet. And then people who do know, but they forgot and they get caught in like their dark times. And sometimes you just need whatever words to help bring you out. And honestly, anytime I write a blog post, I have no idea how it's going to help somebody. I'm just, whatever God lays on my heart, I'm just writing it. And if it sounds good to me, I'm just like, all right, well, this is what we got. And I, I pray and I'm like, Lord, if it's, if it's supposed to help somebody, let them come across it somehow, some way, let them come across it. So, so far I've been getting some positive feedback Amen. and people have actually been telling me how it helped them. And it blows my mind because sometimes it won't even be something I'm talking about. It's just like the whole thing will be about one subject and one little line in there <laughs> can relate to something completely different that they're going through. But I'm here for it. I was like, that'll work. That'll do. I'm glad. So That is awesome. So awesome. So Kayla, <laughs> I definitely want to dive back into that, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Awesome. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? No worries. It doesn't have to stop here. With more podcast interviews, blogs, and our monthly magazine, we want to invite you into our community of sisterhood. We are Daughters of a King, which makes all of us sisters in Christ. As sisters, it's our responsibility to encourage and inspire one another. Because at the end of the day, as iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another. Check us out online, ironwifey.com. That's I-R-O-N. W-I-F-E-Y dot C-O-M. All right. So welcome back, guys. For those who are just tuning in, we are talking to Kayla Constant, mother, wife, writer, dancer, you name it. And we have already covered her blog, Making It Happen. We've talked about 
her past motherhood, marriage, life, how it's played a huge impact, not only in her walk, but how it can also inspire you in your walk. So Kayla, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So um, the last thing we left off on was basically the blog and how we covered motherhood, marriage, and life. And so I want to know, where do you see your blog in the next five years? In the next five years, I would hope that I have more of a team running it um, just so we can reach more, reach more people and do more. So instead of it just being a blog, um, my hopes and wishes and dreams of it um, will be like doing little things that like help the community out, you know, like little stuff like that, going visiting places that need help in certain ways. Like I forgot who it was, but for these past, like all these hurricanes and tornadoes and all these storms and everything, Mm -hmm. I feel like at some point the ladies of my blog would be able to like get groups together and we go out and do stuff like, and help with that, you know? And so it could just be one more team that's just making an impact um but yeah just a team of women running it creating ministering to people however that may be um and just like another platform for women to get together and talk about things that matter make it happen yeah Yeah. make it happen exactly so that's the goal we're starting out with baby steps right now that's okay (laughs) one post at a time You got to start somewhere. Exactly. And starting somewhere, where do you see yourself in the next five years? My plans have changed so often. <laughs> but <laughs> after graduating Ailey, I, um, I kind of took a step back from dance. Um, I, I feel like I had to take a break from it in order to love it again. Because I feel like I danced my passion to death. <laughs> and I was just like, just doing classes, just going through the motions. And it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew dance, I knew dance was what I wanted to keep going with. I knew it was still my dream, but I didn't love it like I did when I first went in. And that has nothing to do with Ailey. It was just me and my mentality. Um, I just didn't nurture the gift the way I was supposed to, mm-hmm. um, the way I could have. I didn't do it to my fullest I thought I was doing everything I could when I was at Ailey and I did put all my eggs in one basket when I went out there <laughs> I moved out to New York right after high school and didn't know a soul but I went there because that's where I wanted to be I was like I don't know what's gonna happen but I know it's gonna start here and so granted after Ailey it's just everything lined straight up I went to Ailey I found an amazing church out there that's where I met my husband all my like great friends that I met in New York are, were all there and so things all lined up the way it did but still my passion had run dry and so I took a break after graduating that's actually when all these amazing things in life started happening like I got married <laughs> and had a baby um but while I was pregnant I was realizing how much I let go of dance um it was a hard time to try to come to that realization because first my hormones were raging (laughs) 
<laughs> like during my pregnancy, I can't complain. It was a great one, except for my emotions. I went through a really, really bad depression, like my first trimester. And I didn't know why for the first couple of weeks. I was just like, I was, I don't know where I was in my head, but I was gone and it was bad. But I got through that. And then as I was coming out of it, I found out I was pregnant. And so granted that had a lot to do with it, but I was also in a place in my life where I felt like I stopped dancing for too long and now I couldn't go back. It was like, I got kicked out the club and <laughs> I was like, that was it. I missed it. Mm-hmm. But after being like, as my trimesters kept going, I, be, I was starting to become myself again. <laughs> and I got to the point where in my pregnancy, I could not take class anymore. Like I was, it was just too big. <laughs> the balance wasn't there and I couldn't do it. And I told myself, I was like, when this baby drops, I need to get back into this class. And so I've, I have fallen in love with dance again. Um, I just have to figure out how to go about, like where I want to take it. And so in the next five years, I would hope to be in a company hopefully traveling and everything, living the dance dream. I don't know what company I'm still, my mind's still open towards. I have ideas, but if God has something better than what I have in mind, then I'm definitely here for it. And it's funny because once I, another part, when I was pregnant, I just had a whole bunch of realizations. (laughs) (laughs) One was that, um, while I was feeling like I couldn't dance anymore because I was having a baby, I remembered actually in seventh grade, one of my teachers told me that it was nearly impossible to be a mom and be a ballerina. I was like, hmm, well, that's discouraging. Thanks. I'm only, what? How old are you in seventh grade? Too young to be told things like that. Like, <laughs> how are you going to tell me? You don't know what type of woman I'm going to be. <laughs> but, yeah, he was just like, yeah, it's really tough. I know people who tried to do it and they couldn't do it. I was like, oh, okay, well, that sucks for them, but I'm not that person. Like, why would you tell me that? And so I had it in my mind while I was pregnant. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How, how do you balance time for it? Um, But then... I feel like God showed me or reminded me of when I was at Ailey. There were times where I would like come to class early and just be stretching or something. And, you know, at 8.30 a.m. ballet class, your brain's not all the way there. So I caught myself daydreaming. <laughs> and I imagine myself in the middle of a rehearsal and rehearsals, like, well, like towards the end of a rehearsal, rehearsal's about to let out, but we're like running through the piece one more time. And outside of the window, the studio, I see my husband and child. And so it was kind of God's way of showing me and reminding me, like, actually, this is exactly what you wanted. And you're actually getting exactly what I told you I would give you. And so even today, as I hold back to your saying that, <laughs> Amen. it's just like, it's, it's happening. And it's happening how I want it. I didn't realize that's how I wanted it to happen. But back then, that was in my heart. I was like, that's what I want. And God didn't forget that, even though I did. And, um, yeah, so hopefully in five years, I'll be sweating in some rehearsal with a company with my husband and my baby by my side. My husband still being able to do everything he wants to do. And all will be well. That's Amen. the goal. <laughs> well, in five years, we're going to have you on the cover of Iron Wifey talking about <laughs> how you made it happen. I'm here for it. 
I'm definitely here for it. <laughs> so speaking of making it happen, what is one goal you want to make happen this year? Ooh, I have so many. I'm trying to, I want to be consistent with finding the balance between taking care of myself and still being there for other people and balancing being a mom and a wife. You know, I don't have three hands. This could be difficult, but it's definitely a goal because I think it's possible. I have seen like pure superwomen just go ahead and conquer it all. And they look like they never complain about anything. And that is definitely one thing I'm striving to be is that type of superwoman. I want to be able to, at the drop of a dime, oh, my friend needs help. I'm there, like physically there. I would like that to be the case. My child might have to come with me. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I want to be that involved. Um, just because if I'm needed, I want to be available. But at the same time, I want to be able to balance the things that I need to take care of for me. So even if it's a small thing of putting my phone down and not having to text someone back. And I know I'm bad at that anyway. I know. But <laughs> now it's more of like, I'm going to be consistent with texting back, but sometimes I'm going to allow myself to pull back and be like, no, you know what? This day, we're not going to look at the phone. This day, okay. you can be with yourself, with your child, with your husband, nurturing home so that, because if everything's good here, then I'll be good everywhere else. Yep. So it's, just, it's finding that consistent base. It's just, you know, I'm getting grounded this year. I love getting that. So things can flourish. So. I love that. Hashtag get grounded. <laughs> it's a big one. It's important, though. It's definitely important. Yes. Kayla. <laughs> Actually, I absolutely love that. I, if anybody's listening to this and you are sharing this podcast anywhere, I want you to <laughs> hashtag get grounded because we all need to make sure that we're grounded so that we can live our best lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So okay, that brings me back to that album that I told you about. <laughs> There's this line yeah. in one of the songs, and it says, "Oh, the song I actually pointed out." Funny enough, yep. So um, it goes into a miracle can happen now yes. because the spirit of the Lord is here, and I feel like us being grounded can set that foundation for anything to happen. It's just, oh, it's it's a beautiful thing to be grounded. So. Yes. I'm here for the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, hashtag get grounded, and you've already heard evidence by Elevation Worship. So if you haven't heard it and you're just not tuning in, check that out because it's amazing. Uh, and speaking of getting grounded, I would love to know what, how do I want to put this? I would love to know what advice you'd have for someone who was just starting to ground themselves or just starting out? I think the biggest thing is, like, at least for me, was being vulnerable. Hmm. Because if, if you're consistently holding things back or you always have a wall up, you won't be able to break down the necessary, uh, necessary the necessary boundaries in order to let change happen and to it for it to be a firm foundation. Because especially if you're if you're vulnerable to what 
the Holy Spirit wants to do for you, then you you get you kind of give him authority to take it over. And mm-hmm. if we're so busy in trying to build our own walls and make this happen for ourselves, it'll work for a minute. It could, but eventually that foundation is going to fall because we're not supposed to do it all our own. Like he's existing for a reason, you know? It's like he doesn't just create us and just be like, all right, well, you good. But no, if he's there, which he is, then I feel like the biggest thing is just be vulnerable. Let him do what he has to do. And then he'll send people. He'll send people in your life who, whether it's for a season or for a longer period of time, um, or even if they were there for a season and they come back, then it can all be necessary. I mean, you you definitely have to have the spirit of discernment in order to be able to filter out what's necessary and what's not. Um, but if it's necessary for your growth and you find like your core group that you can be vulnerable with, a lot of stuff can come out and come through you that you might not have known was there. And so with that vulnerability, it can turn into new findings and new growth. And you can become this more matured person and that foundation can be all the more better. So just to start, I think to start, it would be easiest in the long run to just be vulnerable. Okay. So would you say that being vulnerable would be advice that you would give to your younger self? Yeah, because I need to be more vulnerable actually to myself. And that sounds strange, but I was so busy trying to be everybody's like perfect idea of a friend or something. I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to be, but I was always trying to be something. Growing up, I don't know why I couldn't stand the phrase, oh, just be yourself. Because it's just like, uh, why? <laughs> like, why would I want to do that? I didn't, I didn't know what myself could offer. And I didn't take time to invest in myself and be vulnerable with myself and be, just be real with myself as to who I was as a person. What, I, what did I individually like? What did I, as Kayla, want to do? You know, in different situations like that, just hearing my thoughts on things. So me being able to be vulnerable with myself could have been, a, it could have made so many things easier. But, you know, it all happens for a reason. Maybe mm-hmm. there's someone out there now who cannot be vulnerable with themselves. And once you just drop the masks and you just got to be real with yourself first. And that's a phrase I heard a lot. I was like, I am being real on this, but it's just like, girl. First, calm down. Second, <laughs> second, like, no, actually, just think about you as a person. What do you enjoy? What do you like? Think for yourself and all this stuff. And it's just, you know, that big old beautiful vulnerability aspect with myself first. So, yes. Young Kayla definitely could have benefited from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Young Michaela definitely could have done that as well. <laughs> So uh, moving forward, what advice do you have for new wives and new mothers? Hmm. New wives and new mothers. First, I'm going to do new wives because there's just so many things as women that we think we got down packs until we get married. And some of us actually might. 
I did not. So <laughs> I'm going to speak for the women who don't actually feel like they have it all together. <laughs> the first thing, I didn't realize how stubborn I was before I got married. And I mean, marriage has definitely taught me how to how to trust. And usually when we say trust within relationships, it's just like, oh, I already know he's not going to cheat on me. I was like, it's not just about that, though. Like, mm-hmm. I trust you to be able to handle situations like, like, will you remember how to pack the baby bag? Or how do you handle money? And, like, it's different technical things like that. <laughs> that, of course, you know, love is the center. The Lord is the center. And I'm not mocking that or disregarding that. I think the, one of the biggest things is just you, you're never going to all the way know someone. And so with that, learning how to trust and learning how to, like, just how they function, they're not going to be the same way their entire lives. And granted, I've only been married for almost two years now, which is literally nothing to people who've been married for, like, 70. But with, even within our beginning stages, we went through a lot my first year, our first year of marriage. Like, a lot that if God wasn't at the center of it and we were two different people, then we probably wouldn't have made it the same way Hmm. um that might be a story for another day because i have to get his permission to release all the details but (laughs) (laughs) like it it was nothing to do with he was looking at another girl or nothing like that it was all within our relationship and just like the outside world and like how like jobs stuff like that so but just getting a solid foundation with your spouse and being open to change Um, I think I got caught up a lot on my way of doing things because I had been in relationships before and everything, but I was always doing like my own thing, whether it was taking care of myself or just doing what I want to do, like moving up to New York at the spur of the moment because I want to, (laughs) you know, like, well, I'm gonna go here because I want to. (laughs) And so all of a sudden you get to be married and that kind of shifts sometimes because now it's not just you and you're thinking for two people and so it's just like it's just being open to small changes and stuff and not letting and when things don't go the way you want it to go or the way you planned it to go to um just completely affect your whole vision because of course communication should be there so there should be common ground with every decision um, there are fights that as women, we are not going to win. I'm never going to tell my husband that, but <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I might fight like I'm right, but deep down, I know like I've already lost this fight, but I got to stick it out now. Um, so I, I'm still trying to lose that pettiness, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just being open to change and being able to um just take your partner or take your husband at all seasons i love that there will be seasons i I know i know winters and summers and winters (laughs) (laughs) but there is there is a sunny day in every season so it helps um as for motherhood just keep praying (laughs) honestly (laughs) that's like 
just keep, even even with marriage but for motherhood it's just I literally asked God for help with everything like making his food I just maybe it's because I read up on a lot of baby related things mm-hmm. and so I know the ins the outs the oopses the this could happen the most dramatic thing for every situation I have it all downloaded into my brain so if anything goes wrong <laughs> I know what to look for which is kind of the worst thing ever but with that i'm just like you know what lord okay so (laughs) i need you to intervene so it's like whether i'm fixing his food whether we're just out and about i'm giving a bath every little thing i'm asking god for help but like the biggest prayer is just to uh, to just for god to make me the best mom for him because i can be the best mom in the world but he needs me to be the best mom for him, not the best mom, you know, period. <laughs> it's like, it, I'm his mom and he has not done anything to me to take any type of love away. Like he's still my innocent little boy. He'll still, my, he'll still be my innocent little boy when he's about 85 oh. and I'm looking down, but <laughs> either way, it's just, that's my guy and he deserves everything I've got to offer and the only reason I can give him everything is if I give help is if I receive help from God because physically it is draining it is Mm -hmm. it can be exhausting at the end of like coming home at the end of the day I like I completely give props to single moms I cannot go through this interview without saying that because I have a whole husband and I'm still tired I have a mom who, thank God for her, she helps me out with watching him while I'm at work. And it's just like, but even so, I'm, there are days where I come home, I'm tired. I just want my kids to go to sleep. But I have to do things with him first. I have to play with him. Like, I have to find the joy in my heart to play with my child. <laughs> but it's just, you know, just, just keep praying because he'll give you the strength. He's giving you the child. And so he's equipped you. You know, I was always scared of, oh, I'm not ready for a kid. And technically, no one ever is. But if you have God, it does make it easier because you can pray. You have someone to lead on. And he'll give you strength. It will come from literally nowhere but him. (laughs) Because there are days I'm just like, I don't know where this energy came from. I haven't had caffeine in 12 months. But it's fine. It's happening now. So, yep, just keep praying. It'll happen. Even when it feels like it's not, it's happening. Yep, because God is going to make it happen. Exactly. Making it happen. (laughs) That is a good title. (laughs) I know, right? You should probably start a blog. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kayla. Well, I just want to wrap things up a little bit. Um, You are, your blog is featured in the March issue of Iron Wifey Magazine, uh, which focuses on the written word. And Iron Wifey, our motto is derived from Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen that states, as iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. So our motto yes. is, is iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another. What do you think when you hear that phrase? Sisterhood. Off the top of my head, I think it's so important. It's so important because, yes, I have my child and my husband and I have my family, but there are no there's no other group of people who are going to get you like your girls get you mm. and, and <laughs> girl and come on 
especially when they're all in the same boat as far as knowing God, we can be on different levels of knowing him. That's fine. Or of, um, of knowing about him and all that, you know, of coming to our understanding. That's fine. I'm not dissing anybody's growth, but for all of us to know that God's got us and, um, just having that foundation, any conversation could be about anything. God might not even be brought up, but it's just so important to have that community of girls because yes, we will grow each other. We will strengthen each other. We will celebrate with each other. We will be like, all right, girl, you're tripping. Let's hone in. (laughs) We'll call each other out. Like it's, it's just so necessary. And for a long time I was, um, like I always liked the idea of having a lot of friends, but until fairly recently, um, and I hate using the excuse of, oh, I'm an introvert because that's seeming so overrated nowadays, but I was, and I didn't like to talk to people and I still kind of don't. It's one of my least favorite things, but (laughs) I'm growing. And if there's anyone who is similar in that aspect, who would much rather be home with her glass of wine and a book or just silence with a pillow. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I would just, I would just encourage, just go, go out and do something that you love to do. Allow yourself to meet people, to interact and don't be afraid to be like, you know what? We actually get along very well. I'm not saying go ask for a date. I'm just saying, <laughs> build friendships let's just start there you know this it works it works so much better because we're not meant to go through life alone that's not always talking about marriage you just got to have a sisterhood too (laughs) amen so my last question is how do you sharpen other women in christ i think the easiest way is through friendship it's just being available and making myself available i think it's a big deal because with that, um, even through the blog, I'm not trying to do any self-promotion, but <laughs> even through the blog, it's like, plug. You know? <laughs> <laughs> even through there, it's just like, you know, I, I share things in order to, um, to help and to be available. And so that's why comment sections exist and emails exist and just like building that connection with people. And so even within my groups of friends, just checking up like, hey, I had a, um, I guess you can call her like a mentor. We call her, I don't know why we call her Mama Bird. She was super Southern. I love her with everything I've got. She's hilarious. (laughs) But she would always do a gut check. (laughs) She's like, how's your gut? Like, how are you doing? Like, how is Kayla? How are you? And so that's actually another goal of mine this year is to gut check my friends. Make sure, make sure they're good, you know, and to just make myself available. It is a stretch, but, you know, it's possible. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Kayla, I thank you. I thank you for your friendship. I thank you for your obedience to the Lord. I thank you for stepping out in faith and creating your blog. I thank you for being a mother and a wife and sharing with us how it really is to be a mother and a wife (laughs) and to live this life. (laughs) 
I thank you for sharing yourself with us tonight. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, Michaela, I appreciate you even asking. I'm so honored. I'm just, when you asked, I was like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know that I know what I'm doing yet. (laughs) But I'm honored. And thank you so much for starting what you do, because you definitely inspired me to start my blog. You stepped out on faith with your magazine, and I just followed suit. I was like, you know what? This is possible. We can do this. We can run things. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. Making it happen. Well, Kayla, is there anything else you'd like to share with us tonight? You know, this is usually where somebody inserts something deep and profound, but that's all I got. I love you all. I'm just happy to be here. That that was deep and profound enough. (laughs) (laughs) And Kayla, where can people find you? Um, It's my name. That's my most, I'm so proud of it. It's K-A-Y-C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T dot com. K-Constant dot com. Awesome. And are you on any other social media handles? I am. On Instagram, it is underscore K period constant. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's it. I had to redo it recently. So it didn't be, but yeah, underscore K dot constant. All right, guys. Awesome. So you heard it, underscore k.constant on Instagram. And if you are looking to check out her blog, if you're a mother, uh, wife, uh, woman, uh, person that's going through life, (laughs) (laughs) if you are trying to ground yourself, hashtag grounded, make sure you check out kconstant.com. There we go. All right, guys. Well, you have tuned in to another sharpening session of Iron Wifey. Tonight, we talked to Kayla, constant author, I'm sorry, writer, blogger, <laughs> mother. Hey, maybe I'm speaking something into existence. Maybe ah, you never know. <laughs> um, but Kayla, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you, Michaela.